Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Artful Athlete podcast. Carrying on with our Emotions in the Body for Humans and Performers series, last week was all about anger. Today we're diving in all the way into the watery fields with sadness. According to our friend Daniel Goldman and his research on emotional intelligence that I mentioned last week, sadness is your brain trying to tell you that you're getting ready for something new. But along the way, the message gets lost in translation and it's not what we end up understanding at first. Your brain knows it's the end, but sadness is the result of your not understanding it or seeing it. Logically, then, starting something new would be the way to get out of this state. But hey, it's a lot easier said than done. Because it obviously depends on the depth of that emotion, of the life reasons or lack thereof. Because you can also feel sad for no apparent reason. Sadness is difficult to grasp. It's a slippery thing. And I think the main reason for it is because sadness is watery. And we're, what, 60% of water? Sciencey reminders for you peeps out there that our brain alone is something like 70-ish percent of water, your lungs are 83% water, your skin is 60-something percent water, your blood, your muscle, your organs are made of water. Even your bones, even your bones contain water. And if we go back to Hippocrates' theory, which I explained to you last week, and I would strongly recommend checking out the blog because I did you a lovely little diagram. Well, I made an ugly one and my friend made it look pretty for you online so that you would actually understand the gibberish that I had originally drawn. But basically, one of the main colours, liquids, humours in the body is actual water. The phlegm, the lymph. The water that flows around your body and keeps everyone hydrated and functioning. So sadness, the expression of sadness, the physical sensation, will naturally be a watery feeling. And then, of course, the main vision we have when thinking of sadness is a teary face. Somebody shedding tears. Mark Schwab, who was a neuropsychiatrist and did a lot of research in neurophysiology, made an interesting discovery in the 60s. The tears you shed when you're sad contain 10 times more stress hormones than your blood. Meaning, when you're crying, it's actually your body's natural way of getting some of the stress out. It makes sense when you think about it. You can often feel a lot better and lighter after a good cry. And now you know it's because your body needed to let some of that out. In this week's Mindful Chat with Valerie, we actually talked a little about that, about the natural physical release of emotions. So go check it out if you haven't. It's Mindful Chat number three. And all of that water talk. One of the things that keeps on popping up for me is the English word overwhelm. To be overwhelmed, overwhelming, that's another watery image for you. And interestingly enough, it's a little more than that. Because back in the early, mid-14th century, overwhelmen meant to turn upside down, to knock over. It's only a century later, probably connected to some naval language with a boat being washed over by a wave or something like that. But this is when overwhelm started meaning to be fully submerged. So when we're overwhelmed, 
which is an expression you can use outside of sadness too, by the way, we're fully submerged by the emotional wave. When you're too full of sadness, it's therefore only natural that it'll show and flow out of you, even if this is not what you want. Now that's something interesting to explore in performance and in life, actually. Fighting back tears, swallowing them back in. Why would someone do this? Maybe it's because expressing emotions is not something they're used to. Maybe it's because they're refusing to acknowledge that it is how they're really feeling. Or perhaps because they don't feel like they're in a space that allows them to feel safe in that expression, in that release. Or it could be because of pride or because they're prude in their emotions. Maybe this person doesn't know how to handle tears. Or maybe they're naturally fairly phlegmatic. Which, on that note, while being a word full of water, also stands for a form of emotional self-control. You decide what goes through to the world. And you see putting on a mask as perhaps a necessity or because it fuels the image you want others to have of you. But being too phlegmatic when you're already out of balance will only create a bigger rift within. Controlling our emotions is something that I see personally as a necessity, but it shouldn't mean creating a prison, a cage, a bunker and shove them all in there. It's not how it works, because that's just burying things in. Phlegmatic, being phlegmatic, it also means assessing what needs expressing and when. That requires a lot more work because you're in a way having to take many more parameters into account. The current state you're in, the location you're in, when it crept up, the people around you. I think being phlegmatic is kind of like being in control of a dam and having to assess if everything is in line for this or that emotion to come through. What do you think? Let me know. I do love a good emotional conversation. <laughs> so there's so many more reasons why we would repress tears. But when you know it's the most natural way for your body to let some of that overload of stress hormone out, doing yourself the favor of having a cry and releasing it out makes sense. But back to sadness itself. Like with any emotion, you've got internal and external manifestations of sadness, as we've kind of established thus far. Mentally, sadness is a state where you feel deprived, imprisoned. It feels like we're missing or lacking something or someone. Emotionally, we feel frustrated, disconnected to the world and our loved ones, and therefore in a place where we can't feel anything else but loss. And physically, this shows your body sinks in when you're sad. It's difficult to stand up straight when it feels like the weight of the world or your situation is pressing hard onto your shoulders and your back. Your ribcage collapses and you give in to a more, shall I say, couch potato type of body when you're just amorphous. You don't want to move. It's easier to drift. Now on the external side of things, there's this loss of interest or desire to experience any pleasure at all. Everything is kind of grey. And you're not seeing the point of chasing colours. And relationship-wise, the only relationship that matters, in a way, is the one you have to sadness, to your current sadness. That's when the English language has a point with this wonderful expression of wallowing in. But you're feeling heavy and cold, so why bother moving and chasing something else? 
when your sole focus is that sense of being deprived, of having had something taken away from you, you're full of grief. And in a way, your body mirrors the world as you see it. It's collapsing. And so does your spine and your heart. Everything feels heavy anyway. Let gravity do its thing. You're physically folding in on yourself. What does sadness feel like physically for you? Or for your character if you're working on a specific performance? At what level does this sadness sit? Technically, if we're also looking at chakra stuff, it also means a total disconnect to creation sadness. So your sacral chakra, which is located below the belly button around your reproductive organs, is underperforming. That could also show physically in that case and could mean a lower libido or sexual drive because even the little pleasures of life have no appeal to you. So how can you bring fun back in? When we're wallowing in, we're so grounded in this feeling of deprivation, of being robbed of something that your root, which is at the base of the trunk of the spine, does not connect to the world around you. You're not grounded. So what can you do to remedy this? What can you do to bring yourself more present into this world as it is and not as you see it? Because your vision is impaired. Your identity in your solar plexus is undefined. You either maybe don't know who you are or forget who you once were or who you wanted to be in what feels like a distant memory. What are the little things you could do to get back to you? I love cooking. I go back to my kitchen and I get creating a new dish. I go for a walk in nature. I'll also listen to a very sad song or a song that I know I connect with emotionally and let it all out. I'll doodle around with my pastels. Maybe I'll write. Maybe I'll just put some headphones back in and have a massive dance-off with myself in the privacy of my bedroom. What makes you, you? What is a little thing you do on a daily basis that feels like you and no one else? Can you bring some of that in? Your heart is heavy empty and tries to crawl into your throat, can you let it out? Can you perhaps talk to someone or yourself if you feel like you have what you need to do it safely and open your eyes to what could be? Can you dream of a better time? Not necessarily in the distant future if this fuels anxiety, but in a more imminent and physical way. For example, if I did this, would I feel a little better like in an hour? or in a day. I know that, for example, having a movement session, not necessarily a hardcore workout, but a little movement session helps me feel better afterwards. You get the endorphins high and that just naturally helps. It doesn't take everything away and what felt heavy before will probably feel heavy after. But for that time, I know that I will feel a little better afterwards. So what can you do to feel better in 20 minutes, in an hour, or in a day? Something small. Sadness requires gentleness and the sensation that you're being held. So give yourself that. There's actually a, a little breath exercise that I do sometimes which helps center myself a little more. Basically, once you're in a safe space, in the comfort of your home, sit yourself down against a wall. I personally like to sit on the floor and have my full spine against something solid because it connects me to the world and then have my legs extended out. You can have them 
folded in or you can be cross-legged, whatever feels more comfortable to you. Close your eyes and inhale through the nose. And while you do this, you give yourself a hug. Go all the way up to the inhale. Squeeze yourself a little at the top as you hold for one, for two. And then glide the hands along your arms and side out as you open up this embrace. Inhaling through the nose, give yourself that hug. Go all the way up the inhale. Squeeze yourself for one, for two. And sigh it out, opening your arms. Do this a few times when sadness is present. It brings you back to the present moment. It's not much, but it's a first step to reminding you that you're real and you can be held because you're doing it to yourself right now. And that's all for this week. I hope you're enjoying this emotion series so far and that it's proven to be a little helpful in understanding how emotions work and where they kind of travel around in the body. Don't forget to tune in to the Mindful Chats. So far, we've had three wonderful guests. Next week, I have a very special guest on who's on an extremely busy schedule. So the episode will be a little shorter than the previous Mindful Chats. And then we've got another special one. And that will be all for this first Mindful Chat series. But it's exciting. So meanwhile, have a wonderful week. Take time for yourself because at the moment the news is a bit heavy on the head. So be gentle and be kind and try and find some light and connect to the little pleasures, the little things that give you pleasure. I'll speak to you soon.